2: I what is up welcome to another edition of the new NFL fantasy football podcast it's me your main mg Marcus Grant alongside the fantasy hall of famer Michael Fabiano and the fantasy viper Graham Barfield and I'm really proud of myself for not going back to the old title today I really thought that I was going to screw it up you well it. done you did it yeah Small things, man. It's yeah, just man. The little things. Yep. Um, well, we are on the verge of starting week four. Plenty to talk about there, including some big news that we'll get to in just a moment but uh, we'll do our normal our big questions of the week fantasy gold mines wastelands, slants our streaming options as well should be a pretty straightforward show for you today uh, but first we'll go behind the glasses we always do talk to our faithful producer senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire Murph what's going on
4: I'm finally excited heading into uh, a weekend of football now with the Giants I'm really just deciding between is Daniel Jones gonna score more than Patrick Mahomes or <laughs> time, he's like just right there neck and neck with him so I, I mean feeling pretty good we've already gotten to that point haven't we
2: yeah. we've reached oh, that yeah. point um so I have to ask between you know you Eddie and and Fabs here you guys being the East Coasters uh, in our group uh, I saw that Twitter was going a buzz because Mike Francesa
4: is in a movie in a, yeah oh, an Adam Sandler movie yeah. and he what threw an F bomb out
3: too did you see the the trailer
4: I did watch the trailer yeah it's like he's there with Kevin Garnett he's playing like a bookie or something in there yeah yeah
3: yeah it's uh, you know so I I grew up I love Mike Francesa and a lot of people can't stand him. You know, he's like the Yankees. You either love him or you hate him. I feel him. like
4: he's a thing
2: that like New Yorkers love, and the rest of the country is like just doesn't get it. because
3: you, yeah.
2: you guys are always putting out clips of him like sounding senile. I'm like, yeah. Why well, no. do you, what, what's the what's yeah. the purpose? So
3: Funhouse is a is a Twitter account that I follow. I'm sure Eddie, you do too. I do. And I mean, he wrecks Francesa. And you know, I, I get it. There's some editing there done, but you know, there's oftentimes situations where Francesca might say one thing earlier in the week and then maybe change his tune later in the week. Doesn't make me love Francesca any less, but he had been getting destroyed on social media because he said on his show, people are jealous and that's what's going to happen. And when you say that, That makes you feel that makes you seem like you are condescending to everyone else that I'm better than everyone else. And of course, everyone's going to just pour it on.
4: He's just a guy that I think if you grew up in a certain time, especially when he was with Dog, you just kind of fell in love with them. You love their banter. And then they kind of, you know, they split up. And then, like you were saying, Marcus, he says a lot of. Uh, like, egregious stuff, wrong stuff. He sounded almost senile. But the people that already were locked into him are going to always enjoy him no matter what. And the rest of the country is like, well, this guy is wrong on everything. He sounds like he's uninformed. He sounds like he doesn't watch sports. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people now are like, w- what's the point of this? Like, he does radio in every wrong way you possibly could. He has a four-hour show of just phone calls. I mean, yep. but like I said, he has these hardcore locked-in fans. So there's nothing you can do about
3: it. And also, too, I think people... When he left, he made a big, you know, deal about retiring, and, sure. you know, leaving and everything else. And then he was retired for like what? He, I mean, Brett Favre was retired for longer than Francis. I had well, no
1: <laughs> idea he was even retired. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I really had yep. no idea he was even that big of a thing. He until that, until that, Mike and the, the Mad
3: Dog ahead. was literally the <laughs> best sports talk show that's lived. I maybe I'm biased. I don't feel like there is a talk show out there in the history of sports that's better. Than Mike and the Mad Dog. Wow, and even though you know Matt Money Smith and he has, uh, I Matt, love Matt. Matt Money Smith, but this is this is. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. This is like, like the, Mount Rushmore. I here. will say
2: that's totally an East Coast thing because everything I've heard of Francesa, he sounds like he's seen now, and every time I hear the Mad Dog, he's
1: screaming Scream. at me for no apparent reason, and I'm like, yeah. why would you want this? I I don't at it. all. I don't get the appeal either. the
3: the banter that those two had back and forth. And the knowledge that they both had. And I get it. Francesa, okay, he's, he's getting up there in age, right? Maybe he's already there. Uh, and he has said some things that would, would, you know, sort of make him seem as though he was senile. But the knowledge that those two guys have across an array of professional sports and even college is, is pretty ridiculous. Well
4: On the flip side how Adam Sandler is like a guy's life I definitely want just making movies like with whoever he wants the guy just racks in the Netflix Pretty much. He's I mean living the dream I,
2: mean, Netflix, I think he was like the first guy that Netflix just dump trucked a bunch oh, yeah. of money on yep. like for like six or seven movies yeah. I, yep. I don't think any of them have actually been good but no, yeah, whatever that, no. man I,
3: I, I <laughs> watched oh, that, goes that without saying. <laughs> what was the one Mystery something or other like um, on the boat with Jennifer Aniston Yeah. I yeah. watched, I watched it it was
4: awful it was whatever he it shows up to awful. like award shows with like Yankees t-shirts and gym shorts on like that guy is oh man I strive to be that that guy.
3: I, hear I, hear, <laughs> I hear he's a
2: really you know friendly personal yeah. guy though. Uh I you know just quick I have friends who worked over at Sony, the Sony lot and uh they say he's the guy he's the guy who will show up on the treadmill like right next to you when all the other treadmills are empty. He'll get on the treadmill right next to you and then want to talk about basketball for like half an hour. That's awesome. So, so. yeah, there you go. So all right, enough Adam Sandler talk. Let's do some news. <laughs> The news. Well, the big news, you may have seen it this morning. I did while I was eating my breakfast. Uh, multiple reports are saying Melvin Gordon could be back with the Chargers very soon. In fact, could be as soon as this Thursday that he will end his holdout and report back to the team. Now, I wouldn't expect that he's going to show up and suit up and play uh, in week four for the Chargers. But this does mean fabs that uh, he will probably if these reports are true he'll be back on the field very soon which means austin eckler takes a bump back and what justin jackson suddenly kind of uh not back to the waiver not window. rosterable
3: yeah i mean it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between gordon and eckler when they come back so so you know Over the last couple of seasons, we've seen it. Gordon's been the featured back. He's getting the goal line opportunities. Um, But Eckler had standalone flex value because he's such a versatile guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's a ridiculous playmaker. So I'm very interested to see, considering that, you know, Gordon's held out. And and at some point, he's coming back here soon. At least those are the reports. Oh. What do we see? Do we see Eckler back to second on the depth chart? Do they ease Gordon back in slowly because he hadn't played football for a while? And when Gordon is back at football speed and and, and in football shape, does he reclaim that featured role where Eckler comes in and, you know, becomes that change of pace back who still has some standalone flex value or are we looking at a committee and that could make our lives a bit of a headache?
1: I have no clue. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. That's
3: that's (laughs) why I'm waiting.
1: I I don't know. I I have no clue about what the Chargers are going to do here, right? I mean, like, Gordon has been away from the team for nearly two months. Austin Eckler has been balling the hell out while he's been off the field holding out. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I really, I really have no idea how they're going to approach the situation. It yeah. could go full-blown committee here, which we're, we're going to be, be fine out. for fantasy. But
3: yeah, hey, Eckler owners enjoy the Dolphins game this weekend. See,
2: and what uh, why I look at it could is be, like,
3: could be one of the last.
2: I, I know that folks who have Eckler are sort of panicked, but I look at it as you got above and beyond what you expected out of Austin Eckler, right? I mean, you drafted him probably you know at sixth, seventh round, uh, maybe as a handcuff to Melvin Gordon, and then it turns out that through the first three weeks, he's a top three, top oh, five yeah. running back, right? So. Even if he goes back to being kind of a secondary feature in the Chargers offense, we saw last year he had standalone value, even with Nub and Gordon. So uh, I know people are panicked and wondering what to do. And my advice is like, look, just understand that you you got a bargain for a few weeks there yeah. and now he goes back because yeah so you also drafted another couple running backs ahead of him he's not yes he was not your predictable rb1 right you've got somebody else there so now he just goes back
1: to being like a matchup based flex option for yeah you you drafted austin eckler right with the, the under the pretense that melvin gordon at some point would be coming was back coming back and it just so happens that austin eckler has literally been one of the three best fantasy running backs for right the, for the yeah. first three weeks and he's gonna smash against the dolphins you you're Austin Eckler's owners are most likely gonna be sitting on four now.
2: Right this season. So I mean just you know, enjoy it while it is and then you know, you just to go back to what your contingency plan was at the beginning of the season. Exactly. That's all there is to it. Uh, Cam Newton has already been ruled out for Week Four. He is dealing reportedly with a Liz Frank injury. Liz Frank is just she's she's rough, man. Who is she by oh, the no, way? No, she's uh she's, she's but she's she's not kind to athletes' feet. I know that. Uh, no timetable <laughs> on his return. So uh, Graham, this means it is Kyle Allen for the foreseeable future. Um, I assume he's right now just a matchup-based
1: starter and kind of nothing more? It is, yeah. I've seen some buzz about Kyle Allen potentially being like a streamer every single week, and I just don't really see it. Uh, You have to understand this Cardinals secondary last week is just so brutal right now, and they're they're just going to continue to get ripped. But Kyle Allen can play a little bit, and I think this is great Um, in general. I don't think it's really that bad of news for DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, especially given where cam is at and as a passer at this point in his career right now
3: yeah he had a really good passer rating throwing to greg olson also last Mm -hmm. week and i agree with you i was big on kyle allen i like him this week but he is a matchup based starter Mm -hmm. i mean let's not get things uh confused but i will say this i dropped cam newton in one of my leagues this week and i didn't feel all (laughs) that bad about it because when you look at his last four games where he hasn't had a touchdown graham he hasn't rushed for a touchdown since last october okay cam newton is basically built in terms of a fantasy player based on what he can do with his legs. And if he is not running with the football, if he's not going in there and punching it in near the goal line, he's not really that useful for fantasy owners. So I didn't feel bad about dropping him Uh, in his last four games. I think he's averaged nine rushing yards a game. The rushing attempts are way down. I actually want to see what Kyle Allen can do. And I'm very interested to see what he can do against Houston, whose defense has not been all that great against the pass, uh road game. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, tougher. And Arizona is is where he went to high school. So uh, maybe a little friendlier environment. But I'm really interested to see what this kid can do this week.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the Panthers schedule. This week is the Texans. Is Next week is the Jaguars. Uh, then the Bucs are on the road at Tampa, which I'm still not sure what yeah. to make of that Buccaneers defense because on the one hand it looks like it's better but
1: on the other hand they still are giving up yards yeah their yeah. secondary is bad but their front seven led by Shaq Barrett who's just who's been I'm, phenomenal yeah he's literally turned his he's, he's t- turned his career around here uh, in Tampa definitely not the, the Bucks are not the same matchup that we were kind of hammering against last year mm-hmm yeah, so uh, that that's one I want to keep an eye on. I guess we've watched the Bucks over the next couple of weeks to kind of get a
2: better idea of, of whether or not you would roll Kyle Allen out in that situation. Uh, back here to Los Angeles, Sean McVay says he has to do a quote better job of using Todd. Yes, think Marcus. Um, you think Sean McVay has pissed me off so man. much
1: about Todd Gurley over the past like nine months? <laughs> he's been he's just lied, every and none, none of it's believable at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, you can't believe Sean McVay about. Anything he's going to say about Todd Gurley right. I, just,
2: I mean, for me, the biggest thing is they've got to work him into the passing game, right? I think he's got... I, dude, He's he's got, just like, barely any targets this season. He's got, what, six targets, I believe? Six targets, four catches. Four catches for eight
3: yards. And you know what, too, guys? When I watch him, he looks fine. Mm. He doesn't look like a guy who's got a bad knee. And... And they just are, they're neutering this guy's fantasy value. They really are. Unless there's well, something that we don't know, which is quite possible, it, it is is—it is just confusing as hell to me.
1: So the Rams have kind of changed their offensive philosophy, right? Like they, they used to be, over the past couple of years, they've been one of the, the teams that have targeted their running backs most, especially in early downs. And now they've they basically stopped throwing the ball to the running back I think they're dead last in terms of target share to their running backs this year they're they're basically they're just running their offense through their three receivers and and I don't know if this is going to change anytime soon I, I think fabs I, I mean I think Todd Gurley still has his burst in a straight line but I think we I, I'm concerned that Gurley can't make the same cuts and can't make the same kind of lateral shifty movements that you have to have in a passing game and maybe that's why they're not necessarily you know Featuring him as a receiver so much, because that was such Could a be. huge part of his fantasy value yep. um, in the past. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm also wondering, too, because like, you know, they're not using him in the passing game. They're not running the ball super effectively. At least they certainly didn't uh, on Sunday night against the Browns. They did not run the ball all that well. I, I noted that it seemed like their best running plays were running those jet sweeps and those end arounds when they, they got the ball to Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, and, and you start to wonder, too, and, and I'm, I'm trying to find this, and, and you know, I, I probably won't have it for this show, but maybe I'll tweet it out. Uh, I'd be interested to see how much they're using play action this year versus last year, because that was such a big part of what they did, what what made them so successful. And you just wonder if there's no real threat of Todd Gurley getting the football or being effective as a runner, uh, then, you know, I don't know how effective their play action game is going to be, but I, I would be
1: curious. To yeah. So that. I've got it right here, actually. Okay. Look Pro, at that. Yeah. Pro Football Focus, the, the the wonders of the modern internet. There you go. Focus. Uh, no, they're, they're still using play action about the same, same rate, 37% fourth most in the league. Okay, well, there you go then. Uh, all right, well, we'll see how they get him involved
2: because I know a lot of folks are hoping for more out of Todd Gurley. The Rams I know are hoping for more out of Todd Gurley. Jay Gruden says he will not bench Case Keenum, says he wants, quote, continuity at quarterback. Uh, there was a, a photo floating around the Twitters yesterday of Dwayne Haskins looking irritated and just frustrated on the bench while <laughs> uh, you know, Case Keenum was going over scouting charts and photos. Um, look, I, I don't know that throwing... Dwayne Haskins to the Wolves or rather to the Bears uh, on Monday night was going to be a good situation and look maybe Fabs this was just a a really really terrible game for Case Keenum against a really really good defense but at 0-3 with an offense that really is just okay I I can't imagine we're gonna we're gonna stay on Case Keenum all year long no
3: but I, I think that's obvious I mean at some point they're gonna make the switch to Haskins I will tell you this though Case Keenum's a nice streamer this week. Yeah, if he you're is. in DFS, that's a nice play, man. The yeah. Giants' defense is garbage. Yeah, I mean it is terrible. Terry McLean and, and, Terry and scary Terry is, is 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 balling. Uh, they're getting production from Richardson now, who could end up also being a nice little sneaky add off the waiver wire flex starter this week if you need one.
1: By the way, scary Terry from Rick and Morty, or is it from? Jason Terry, former Celtics player.
3: Or uh, or uh, Jason
2: Terry. How about that poll? I'm blanking the guy for the, uh, the Celtics, too. Terry Rozier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Terry Rozier. There it is. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah, yeah.
3: No matter what, he's been scary for the defensive backs that are facing him, and McLaurin is... Maybe not a must start this week, but he's pretty damn close. Uh, pretty yeah. damn close.
2: Although I feel like we should go with the McLaurin F1 reference because yes. we, have, if we we already threw out the three scary Terrys, right? So we can't really add another one. Let's go a different direction. So <laughs> uh, McLaurin F1 there. Uh, Sam Darnold has been cleared to do cardio. The Jets are on a bye this week, but there's a very good chance he could be back in week five when uh, New York is back in action. So, Graham, I, th- I would assume this is good news for... Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, even Le'Veon Bell, who, who you
1: know really over the last couple of weeks, those guys oh, man. were borderline unusable. Oh, man. The Jets need to lift bad. Um, luckily for them, I mean, their first two matchups out of their buys, not too, too bad. They get the Eagles secondary uh, on the road, unfortunately. Then they face the Cowboys. But then they've got the Patriots and Jaguars before they face the Dolphins, Giants and Redskins. So a little bit of a mixed bag coming out. But I think we're all going to be happy to see Sam Darnold back under center. And Chris Hernan will be back in week five. Oh, yeah, there
3: you go. Yeah, and uh, week that's, six, a, that's, sorry. that's a week sneak, six. sneaky ad here in the next week or so if yes. you need help at tight end. And a lot of people need help at tight end. I mean, Will Disley is like the hero that we're all hoping he can be this. yeah, week, I, I, missed,
2: I missed out on him in a couple of a couple of waiver wire
1: uh, ads this week. We should know while we're doing news too. the, the Steelers traded. That's right. Or Nick, Nick Vanette, Nick which, Vanette. Is gonna, which is going to open up even more opportunity for Will Disley. They've kind of been sharing snaps yep. right. the first couple of weeks. And I, I mean, and that also, yes, now they're going to be rolling out Will Disley. That also time. means Vance McDonald. I don't yeah, know what's up that with sounds him. like bad news for Vance.
3: You know, McDonald. he's always he's always been a guy with like uh, a lot of potential, but. Injuries have have hampered him.
1: Yeah, well, the Big Ben injury and now his own injury have, have yeah. kind of yeah. pl- plateaued. Now, his.
3: according to
2: reports, Jerry Dulak who has been a longtime Steelers beat writer, says that the uh, they did not make the trade because of McDonald's shoulder injuries. That they're just trying to add some depth to the position okay. uh, and and get a number two. So, okay, well, uh, you traded a fifth round pick, so. Hmm. I'm just I'm just reading what's on the Twitters that's all the Steelers <laughs>
1: Steelers have been confounding Marcus.
2: yeah that's that's absolutely true. Uh, last bit of news Freddie Kitchen says he is not considering giving up play calling duties. Uh, I mean I guess I shouldn't be surprised because that's what got him the head coaching job in the first place uh, but but Fabs I mean you know you can't keep running draws on fourth and nine man
3: like I don't know what happened like so <laughs> th- this may have been like uh, the, the biggest goof in the NFL or in fantasy football, because everyone just bought in on the Browns. Baker looked good under kitchens last season and they added Odell Beckham jr. And they added some weapons on the defensive side as well. And everyone went all in. It reminds me of a few seasons ago when the Eagles went nuts in the offseason. everyone thought that they were going to be the, the odd on odds on favorites and they tanked and Baker has looked bad. Now, part of it is his offensive line has got major issues, but this is not the offense that fantasy owners had thought they were investing in at this point. And now you've got a road game against Baltimore. I I saw Baker Mayfield in one of my leagues get dropped. Okay. Already. He's got a road game against Baltimore. I don't want to touch him in that one. I'm I'm not touching him in that one. I mean, Baker has been average at best and more, more oftentimes, uh, less than average look at his numbers
2: the, the schedule upcoming is not friendly on the road at Baltimore they go to San Francisco they've got Seattle then they have a bye they're two games after the bye on the road at New England on the road at Denver like it's it's not a good looking schedule
1: the, right. the NFL schedule makers did not do a great job they here did they, not. they they've got four straight road games uh, sandwich in between their bye and they're pretty much all tough matchups
2: yeah I you know one of the things I I, I thought about I worried about I guess with this Browns team and you know I It's one thing when you are the play caller and you're the offensive coordinator and you just, you know, you get to spend your time in your little cave kind of scratching up plays and kind of coming up with fun new things as opposed to being the head coach where you have so much more responsibility, right? Now you got to check in on the defense. You got to check in on special teams. You just have to be a, a. a people manager on top of that, you got to deal with personalities.
1: Whereas right. when you were the offensive coordinator, that, that's really all you have to worry about. And the Browns are in a good situation. They have Todd Monken, who as their offensive coordinator, and Monken orchestrated the Bucks' offense to to posting, I mean, league leading figures in terms of pass yardage last year. Now, granted, that was because the Bucks' pass defense was terrible. But Todd Monken conceptually and statistically can can definitely get the job done here. I, I'm not I'm not sure what the Browns are doing, um, and Right now, I mean, they could be very well staring at 1-4 or 1-5 going into their bye week.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oh, one last little bit of news. Uh, This is going to shake up everything. Oh, boy. The Patriots have signed Cody Kessler. (laughs) <laughs> to be He's their, back to be
1: their backup quarterback. I guess Jared Stidham. Uh, they they saw that one pick six, and that's all. Uh, I mean, all Belichick needs. Yeah. That was enough to bring Tom Brady back into
2: that game. Very true. You know, he throws a pick six. Tom Brady gets off the bench yep. and comes back in to finish it out. Yep. Uh, so Cody Kessler is back in our lives at the, at the quarterback position. There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. Week four gets going uh, in about a day and a half uh, from now. So we'll go through our our preview. Start with the big questions of the week. And I came up with uh, with five big questions that that I have for week four. The first one, Fabs, how are we
3: feeling about Aaron Rodgers right now? I like him this week against the Eagles because the Eagles defensive backfield has just not been good. Let's put it that way. But have you looked at the run pass ratio? for the Packers this season? So not far. great. Well,
2: not great for Aaron Rodgers.
3: So last season, they threw the ball 67.5% of the time, ran at 325 This year, they're down to 56.2% passing and 43.8% on the ground. That is a major, a major change. And it's not that Aaron Rodgers is playing poorly. It's not that Devontae Adams is playing poorly. It's that Matt LaFleur has brought in an offense that is clearly leaning on the ground game more than uh, any Packers offense has before (laughs) because they have Aaron Rodgers. And I've said this a million times before and I'll say it again. There's no must start quarterback in the National Football League unless it's Patrick Mahomes. And the same goes for Aaron Rodgers. And I've got Aaron Rodgers in stardom and sit him this week. And people will be like, oh, that's obvious. It's not. No, it's not. It's, it's not obvious anymore, guys. It's Aaron not. Rodgers is, is he's better than a matchup-based starter. But if the matchup is bad and you've got Kyler Murray or, hell, I mean, we've seen young quarterbacks come in and just ball. If Rodgers has got a matchup against, say, the Chicago Bears and Daniel Jones is playing, say, the Washington Redskins, if you started Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers, I'd have no problem with it whatsoever.
1: Rodgers Rogers for now a mm, little over two years has basically just been a middling QB1 for fantasy. And it's it's now trickled over into this season. He and Baker Mayfield have both not finished as a top 16 fantasy quarterback yet. It's going to happen this week for Rodgers because this is just. I a, do like him this week. Yeah. This is a nuclear spot. Yeah, they, this is a great spot.
3: And, and let's Ooh. also remember so he, he was the QB6 last season, yes. right? But he had that one huge game against, I think it was the Jets. Late in the
1: season, I think that was actually week seventeen. It was yeah, it week was sixteen or week seventeen. Game. He
3: had a couple of big games, and I think that one big one was against the Jets. That was the game where, like, Elijah McGuire had a good game. I think Jamal Williams had a good game. But you look at the numbers, Graham is Graham is right
1: on here. Yeah. Man. I, I will say the Packers, I was looking at their schedule last night because I'm trying to buy Devontae Adams in some leagues. Their schedule really does open up due after the Eagles, so perhaps there's going to be some more shootouts and better matchups ahead. But uh, but yeah, their, their run-based offense is obviously not good moving forward for Rodgers.
2: Nope. Uh, yeah, um, but the, I guess the frustrating part about that is even if they go to a run-based offense, Jamal Williams is getting sprinkled in there with the yeah, Aaron Joneses, and so uh, that's I know that's causing headaches. Can, can we
3: agree, guys, can we agree that uh, predicting the running back position has gotten a lot harder this season. When when you're looking at the Niners and what they're doing, and when you're looking at the Packers and what they're doing, and you know we, we need more Minnesota Viking scenarios. <laughs> we need more of those. We need less of the, the Philadelphia Eagles. You know the Bears have tricked us uh, a week or two so far this season. It's been really hard to sort of figure out some of these backfield scenarios. We you know we, we talked about Darwin Thompson, and now this dude's not even he's not even a rosterable at this point. It's Daryl Williams in Kansas city behind uh, Damian and LaShawn McCoy. It's become tough. Yeah. i tough.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is uh, in the age of specialization. Uh, it has kind of gotten harder to kind of yeah, figure it
3: out has.
1: where to go. It has.
2: Speaking of running backs, Graham, is Chris Carson still the main back in Seattle
1: for now? <laughs> I mean, look, uh, Rashad Penny was out last week, and I think that probably would have been the Penny game. Right. Um, he kind of popped up on the injury report with a hamstring late in the week, did not play. Uh, we'll see if he practices this week. But um, Rashad Penny, after a really slow start to his rookie season, has been awesome. I mean, he ended the year last year, I think over his last 80 carries. He he was averaging nearly six yards per carry. Looks His looks a little has had the same explosiveness so far to start the year. And I would be pretty concerned if for Carson owners because of the fumbling issues and because of the fact he can't hang on to the ball both as a runner and receiver. If Rashad Penny keeps ripping off explosive plays, this uh, this could turn into a little bit of a nightmare for Carson owners moving
2: I'm telling you, the thing that makes me nervous is Pete Carroll saying, we still believe in him. Like, yeah. when you got to
1: come out and say yeah. that, that, That's that not means good. they probably don't really believe. I, I, think I love thing, Chris Carson too, man. He's been so good and so under. I think we were so all tall. in on him. Yeah. Yeah. We were all
3: in was. on him. I will say this though. Uh, it's pretty clear that if this does go sideways and penny becomes the you know the, the 1A uh, in r- at the running back position we're going to see a lot of cj proise on passing downs which so- we, he he led the team with fifty five percent of the offensive snaps last week. I feel like for years we've so, been
1: waiting to see a lot of CJ pro size and I like, was at one point a humongous CJ Procyse truther. He was the first guy <laughs> I ever charted for yards created, like five really? or six years ago. Yeah, okay. First guy I ever tra- uh, charted for yards created, but um.
3: So he's got a special place in your heart.
1: He does, but yeah. he got injured so much. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's finally
2: healthy now, though. He's healthy now, but now he may end up behind, you know, Rashad Penny. So we'll see what that means. Ah, uh, Jacoby Brissett has been really good. Uh, the last couple, especially last week, he was he was pretty good. Fabs. Uh, we don't quite know what the status of T.Y. Hilton is going to be, but that's man, a, that's a big one. There's a matchup against the Raiders. Can you trust Jacoby Brissett this week? <sighs>
3: Let's find out who he's going to be throwing the football to before before we make a decision on that. I think two QB league superflex leagues. Obviously, uh, they're still a run based offense though. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This is this is an offense that
1: run they, the damn ball.
3: They, they run it with Marlon Mack. I mean, there's no, there's just no question about <laughs> That's that. A great so hat by the way. No, I want
1: one of those hats actually.
3: <laughs> but the, but the matchup is good. Uh, you know this week. You know as you guys mentioned. So uh, yeah, I mean I think you can roll them out there, but I do want to see uh, what's going on with Ty because you know yeah. that and he's also he, he's already you know lost a, a weapon in the office in Funches. so yeah. let's see what ty status yeah. here is because this could end up being a big marlon mack game
1: i was just about to say that if they don't have ty hilton marlon mack's gonna get like 25 carries against this yep. raiders front seven and yep. that that's not great for Brissett's uh, streaming value no not so much not so much uh more running back talk graham is, is this is yes. this finally the week for carry on johnson it is i love carry on johnson all right uh last week without cj anderson he was finally made their their bell cow back Uh saw 20 carries was on the field for 75% of snaps like doubled up or almost tripled up Ty Johnson and routes run and now he gets the nut matchup he gets a perfect spot against the yep. Chiefs the Chiefs defense because they play so much nickel and diamond because they do not put a ton of defenders in the box they just get whacked on the ground last year they were one of the worst run defenses in the league and to start this season they've given up over six yards per carry they just this gave is,
3: up three this is, is a touchdowns huge spot. to Ingram this, this is, is a, a huge spot for here. carry on yeah yeah
2: Yep. Yeah, that's good. I know a lot of folks. I mean, I know people, it, myself included,
1: are sort of on edge about on Johnson through the first. Uh, if you, I'd be
3: confident in him this week
1: if you can somehow get on Johnson for. Um, I, I don't. I don't even know what the price would be right now because he's an extremely tough value uh, player to value. But if you can get him below, you know what you nearly what you drafted him as a third fourth round value. I would mm-hmm. be very. Very inclined to do that moving forward because their, their line's backfield right now. It's just him and Ty Johnson. It's, it's pretty That's much it. just him, right? Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. Uh, last big question for the week. Fabs, how many people are you confident starting in this Patriots-Bills game? There are two top six defenses right now. I mean, the Patriots defense has not – their defense has not allowed a touchdown. They are giving one up on special teams, and then there's the pick six. Um,
3: Did you say Confident. Sure.
2: How many people are you confident?
3: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, not none. Not, <laughs> not even Tom Brady. Tom Brady in his last four games against the Bills has averaged fewer than 11 fantasy points per game. He he has more interceptions than touchdowns. And the Bills are at home. Great pass defense. The running back situation in New England confuses the heck out of everyone. Last week it was Burkhead, but James White was out. James White's back this week. The one guy I definitely ain't playing is Sonny Michel. There's no way I'm playing him. You know, Burkhead or White maybe has a flex. Um, we've talked about the loss of James Devlin and how big that is for Michelle. I think that hurts him season long. You're looking at what's going on with Julian Edelman. If he plays, I mean, you probably have to play him. Most leagues are PPR. I think Josh Gordon also is like a, is like a flex play this week. But on the flip side, Devin Singletary could be back. And even if he isn't back, I still don't have a lot of faith in Frank Gore, volume based flex starter at best. I'm not touching Josh Allen. Like I get it. The Patriots have played two really bad quarterbacks so far. They played Roethlisberger in week one uh, and then a couple of stinkers after that. But um, I I just don't trust Josh Allen this week and I like him a lot, but I don't trust him this
1: week. So so Devin Singletary did not practice. It's Wednesday morning. Um Right, yeah, so we don't know practice, yet. So it we might don't be, know yet. It might be the Gore show, Gore and Yeldon show one more time, but
3: and John Brown is a hard fade for me. Really? Yes, mm. I, I don't want
1: him this week. Mm.
3: Nope, don't want it. Interesting. Don't want it.
2: I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, I feel like he gets maybe a couple of deep shots and like,
1: yeah, he's a home. Only- he's a he's a potential home run play.
3: Are we going to see Gilmore on him?
1: I don't know if he'll travel with him. Mm-hmm. It'll be in- it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Gilmore has been so good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if they'll travel with him. It'll be interesting to see because the, the the Bills play so much like 12 and 21 personnel. They're usually in two receiver sets. Yeah. They could travel brown with them.
2: So, uh, yes, yeah, so that's one that, uh, you know, it, it's had some fantasy stars the first few weeks of the season, but this is a week that maybe none of those guys see your lineup. Uh, fantasy Gold Mines, the first one, that NFC East Clash, Washington at Big Blue. Uh, Fabs, you talked about it, that Case Keenum is a streamer. We know Daniel Jones is going to be a streamer. There are going to be receivers galore on both Mm -hmm. sides of this one. I mean, uh, and look. I know I'm not huge on Wayne Gallman, but look, if there's ever a week to kind of, you know, trot him out as a flex starter, this yeah. seems like the week against his Washington defense. Yeah,
3: dude. I mean, absolutely. Flex starter, right? I mean, that that's 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 I think what he's going to be ultimately while while Barkley is out. Uh, maybe he'll be in RB2 in some leagues when we get to the heavy bye weeks, assuming that Barkley's out for those weeks as well, which it looks like he's going to be. But I mean, you're firing up Evan Ingram. No brainer. You're firing up shepherd this week who looked great in, in uh danny dimes's first oh, start right i mean
1: daniel jones is going to unlock sterling shepherd
3: yeah I, yeah I really think so and then on the redskin side of it i'm not playing the running back chris thompson maybe as a flex because we're all ppr at this point but richardson i mentioned is a sneaky little play this week maybe not so sneaky because the giants defense is terrible but terry McLaurin is a must start a virtual must start This week, unless you're super deep at wide receiver. And if you are, I would suggest selling high on him after this game because his value is just going to explode.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. This one. This was kind of an easy one. The other the next one, the Bucks at the Rams. Um, Again, I talked about that Bucks defense, Graham. I mean, I, I like what Todd Bowles has done with it. I think they're being more aggressive and they're making more plays, but they still give up some points, even if the Rams haven't necessarily been the juggernaut that we've seen. Um, I still think it's a situation where Tampa has to keep throwing the football to stay in it the Rams are going to try to move the ball up and down the field this one I don't know maybe this is the Todd Gurley get right game maybe hopefully, hopefully.
1: maybe if he's using the passing game but this is this like the true I won't say first test for the Bucks defense because I think Daniel Jones you know played extremely well against them last week but you know they had the 49ers and Panthers against a limping Cam Newton Daniel Jones making a first start but this is this is going to be the first true litmus test to see if this Bucks defense has truly improved. Um, but this is a, just an enormous spot for Cooper Cup and all these guys. Yeah. Robert Woods is such a great buy low this week. I know Cooks and Cup have both been kind of the one and two so far, but I, I think that'll even out as the season goes on. And it could even out just this week against this Bucks secondary.
2: I've seen talk that people are concerned about Robert Woods, like they're worried about him because like, he doesn't have a. Touchdown, I guess, this year or something. Like, I,
3: you know, I don't know. He's, I have him in one of my leagues and he's done diddly poo. So he's got 23
2: far. targets, 13 catches, a buck 43. Yeah. um I don't know. I just feel like Look, it, it, with those three, it's always going to kind of rotate on who it is it, on
1: any given week. Context matters. Okay. Week one, 13 targets, eight for 70. Great game. Week two, Drew Brees gets hurt. The Rams don't have to throw the ball. Robert Woods only sees two targets. Fine. Week three, he gets eight targets, maybe a little bit unlucky. And for what it's worth, Jared Goff played like crap in that game. He was not good. Outside of bro. Cooper Cup and a few big plays to Brandon Cooks, Jared Goff was not good in that game. And so honest, really, Goff, it's only
3: been one disappointing game. Goff has not been that good this season. I just, you know? Jared Goff I, hasn't I was, been very good dating back even to I mean, the end of
2: last year. I was not on the Jared Goff train this year. And, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's through, through three hey, weeks,
2: it's looked okay. Hey, I was I, on the. Cam, I could eat
1: crow later. I was on the Cam Newton train over Jared Goff, so that was just a net loss for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so much for that.
2: Uh, last fantasy gold mine: Dallas at New Orleans. We know how good the Cowboys' offense has been. Uh, the the Saints, they figured it out. I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater might not be a regular starter, but he understands to get the ball to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and really, that's all you kind of need. So, I would think that this is one. Uh, that has the potential to end up being a pretty back and forth one. I know, Fab, you will be uh, sure locked in oh, yeah. on this one. This one, it should be one of the better games of the week on paper, it looks like. it. And
3: this is, I mean, talking real football, and I get it, you know, the Saints don't have Drew Brees, but this is a little bit of a test for the Cowboys because our schedule's been soft. Uh, listen, I admit it, dude. I mean, sorry, Eddie. Your Giants, just not that good, all right? They didn't have Danny Dimes at that point. I still don't think they're going to be all that great. Uh, improved, certainly. But, yeah, but then, you know, uh, Dolphins and Redskins. I mean, this is a game, you know, a road game in New Orleans. Uh, a lot of electricity in that crowd. Uh, hostile environment, I guess you could say. Uh, I really think the Cowboys are going to be up for the task, though. I think Dak Prescott... It, He's he's a must-start unless you have Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. You know, basically, with what he's doing, Amari Cooper is proving to be well worth and maybe even worth more than what he was drafted at uh, in fantasy leagues this season. Uh, I I'm very interested to see how well Michael Thomas and crew do because the Cowboys' defensive backfield is a little banged up right now. So I think Teddy Bridgewater uh, could be looking to go to Thomas a little bit more often uh, and 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 really really. Show off uh, that, you know, that that kid's just impressive skill set against the Cowboys defensive backfield that I said is uh, you know maybe a little bit shaky right now.
1: I, guys, I have a take. Okay. Alvin Kamara is really freaking good. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Slow down. He's really freaking Slow
2: good. Slow down. Uh, I was trying to, like, almost talk myself into a, a way of believing in Randall Cobb this week. But yeah. I, I
3: couldn't the quite. The matchup, I mean, they're not good against slot receivers. Right. And that was sort of know? where
2: I was going with it. Like, I, I want it and, and look, maybe this is like his one blow up game for the year or whatever. Like, I, I, I can envision a scenario where it happens, but I don't know that I am brave enough to actually like test it out
1: anywhere in the wild this yeah, week. Yeah. Dallas didn't have to throw a ton last week, but Devin Smith played a bunch too. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he absolutely did. And I know people were asking about Randall Cobb versus Devin Smith. I was, I was sort of saying, look, I, I would lean toward Devin Smith just the air yards so yeah, potentially. When Cobb I was better.
3: researching Stardom and Cedum, I, I did you know look through the the slot receiver data, and I was like, ooh, the things aren't that good against that. Should I go with they Cobb? Are not. And I'm like, eh, there's there's a there's a lot of other wide receivers out right. there that I like more. And Dallas,
1: sort of Dallas do do? could yeah. get ahead in this game and kind of just control it to not have to throw a ton. But yeah, I mean. I was wrong about Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. I mean, they didn't really have—they didn't ask him to do very much. But what he did do was just get the ball to 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 Kamara and Thomas. And I mean, Sean Payton's one of the best schemers in the league. He can continue to do that and get get his guys open in the right spots.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun game. I think absolutely. Uh, Our fantasy wastelands—the first one, Cleveland at Baltimore. It is certainly a rivalry game between the two. We talked about the fact that. Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense has not been great this year. They're going against that that Ravens defense, which does not you know, encourage you to, to be optimistic about them. Uh, I, I know that the Ravens offense has been pretty good this year, but look, Cleveland, especially up front, uh, they're really tough. Miles Garrett has just been a house wrecker so far this season. I know we're kind of keeping an eye on the secondary and who is or isn't right. there. Right. Yep. Um, but I mean, this could be a game where you know the Ravens just sort of you know maybe they lean on Mark Ingram a little bit. Um, you know, th- this could be a fairly low-scoring game, I
1: think.
3: Yeah, I, I'm fading Baker. I don't want anything to do with him this week. I'd start Daniel Jones over him all day long. Kyle Allen, I'd start over Baker this week as well. Uh, you know, there, there's you know you're going to start Chubb. You're going to start OBJ. Obviously, maybe maybe that's it. And, and Marcus mentioned the defensive backfield. I mean, they they were they were out greedy last week. Denzel was out last week. Demarius was out last week. Demarius looks like he's getting closer to returning. uh, So that'll help. But I don't really want to make a definitive prediction on Hollywood Brown until I see what he's going to be facing with that Browns defensive backfield. But I mean, at worst, he's a flex starter, Marcus. I would think at worst, he's a flex starter. And then, of course, you're starting Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Yeah, you're week. starting Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and Mark Jackson. Andrews is in a good place, too. This, this, this is a good spot for him.
1: Yeah, this could turn into a great matchup for the Ravens at home. Uh, no, Potentially no Denzel Ward or Greedy Williams uh, both missed last week with hamstring injuries. Could mm-hmm. turn into a great, great spot for the Ravens.
2: Yep. Yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be one to watch. Uh, we talked about New England at Buffalo. Uh, again, two defenses that come into this game ranked in the top six. The Patriots, the number one defense in the league. The Bills at number six. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on that because we sort of talked about that one a little bit. Minnesota at Chicago. Uh, we we know that the Vikings, they don't want to throw it. They haven't really been effective when they have thrown it all, uh, all that much this year. Uh, I would think the Bears are going to try to lock down on Dalvin Cook and prevent him from being the guy that beats them on the flip side. Yeah, I, I know Mitch Trubisky threw three touchdowns on Monday night, but Mm. That was was against Washington, man. (laughs) That wasn't against Minnesota. Uh, David Montgomery is getting usurped. Uh, Not usurped, but Cordero Patterson is just throwing a wrench into the plans by showing up in the backfield, uh, Fabs. I just... I don't see a whole lot of points in this one.
3: Yeah, and and I don't dig Montgomery as much more than a flex this week. You know, I, I just don't. Um, could be a low scoring game. Projects to be a low scoring game. I think the the player or players that people are most worried about in this game because I, I think we know Mitchell Trubisky's not a, a viable fantasy starter in most weeks, and uh, uh, Thielen and, and Diggs. Uh, you know, Diggs. Yeah. I think he's seventy second in fantasy points right now. I'm something ridiculous among wide receivers. I mean, it's been awful. And you know, it's not diggs. I mean, the, the the Vikings have just completely changed their offensive philosophy to running the football so heavy with Dalvin Cook and it's working so far. And now you throw in a matchup against the Bears. Hey, is Stephon Diggs playable this week?
1: No. I don't think so. The
3: pause no. is my answer.
1: I don't think so. I honestly, no. The I mean, pause is my answer. There, there are some there are some like Terry McLaurin, for example, I'm playing over no Stefan Diggs. But even like some fringier guys, like some fringier receiver threes, like Curtis Samuel, I would even consider over Diggs because you can project more targets for them at this point. Yep. Um, I will say, though, the Bears are going to try to stop Devin Cook. They're going to try to stop this running game, but I don't know if they're going to be able to. Because, I mean, the Bears have one of the most talented, if not the most talented front seven, but this Vikings run game right now is just impossible to stop. I mean, yeah. they, they are doing... Their outside zone scheme, I mean, just no one, no one has figured it out so far. The Bears definitely have the talent to do so. Right. And this game's obviously at home. Good spot for them, but yeah. Uh. I Look, I, I'm starting
2: Dalvin Cook. Like, I'd be crazy not to, but I'm also sort of, being prepared for the worst this week is sort of how I'm I'm, I'm approaching this. That's fair.
1: They yeah. could get they could use him more in the passing game too. I think I think the Vikings can do can do more in terms of their play action game and maybe getting Cook involved in the in the screen game too to kind of counteract that front seven a little bit. Right. right. Yeah. So we'll see how that is. Uh Jacksonville at Denver. Uh, craziest thing. This is a true wasteland here. My God. The, the craziest <laughs> thing
2: about this, we are through three weeks. The Broncos don't have a sack. Mm-hmm. That's incredible to me, yeah. especially with
1: Vic Fangio, right? Right. <laughs> I, yeah,
2: I yeah I don't get that, but yeah, I, I, there's just there's not a lot that I really like in this game nope. on either side. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess if you have got Leonard Fournette, you're you're putting him yeah, out there just out because. There. Um, you know, I would stay away from any of the wide receivers really in this game. Any either of the quarterbacks, I would stay away from. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you start what you start the Jags defense. You know, hoping that Joe yeah, Flacco, right. you know, coughs one up or something like that. Right. We'll, we'll see if Jalen Ramsey plays this week. We'll see. Uh, he's right. That's kinda... that's a big he's got question got a, mark, too. Yeah. He's got a back injury now. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, he had the
1: flu on Monday. Uh, now now he's uh, trying his hardest to, to not show up. But um, that's actually the big, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, think thing. I really was like, okay, maybe he really is sick. Like, I was yeah. like willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now yeah. it's the back injury. And I'm like. Mm. All right, I, I, this, is like, this is like when I was in the sixth grade. And I didn't like my teacher, and I would just tell my parents, my stomach hurts, and I can't go to school. Like, that's what that was. Oh, I did that so much. <laughs> like, oh my God. You
3: know what my go-to move was? And, and it, it backfired on me once. I would say that I don't feel good, and I feel hot and my mother would come in and you know back at that time you had the old mercury thermometers sure, sure. my put it on mother the- would leave the room I'd put it on the light bulb yeah
2: did you have a, like a temperature of like <laughs> 120
3: <No. laughs> like, one time
1: yeah could you be dead my god son we need to take you to the hospital <laughs>
3: the one time I did it and it didn't work the damn thing blew up <laughs> And my mother says, what the hell happened to the thermometer? You say you dropped it? Mom, yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened. I'm
2: so sick. It just blew up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah. Use that. I didn't use that anymore. After yeah, that.
2: yeah. So, yeah, so. Jack, Jacksonville, Denver. You're probably staying away from it. Uh, So our streaming options for the week. Quarterback Daniel Jones obviously is out there. Kyle Allen uh, against the Houston Texans is one. Case Keenum, uh, another option for streaming at the quarterback spot. Any others that uh, I might have missed for this week? Yeah, jo- Jacoby
1: Brissett if Hilton plays. If Hilton plays. But mm. That's really kind of it.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh Tight ends. Will Disley obviously is, is number one. Yeah, here's I'm the... Weird. We're all on Will Disley, right? So this this means it's going to go belly up, right? It's only going to go belly up because everybody is on Will Disley this week. Uh, I threw TJ Hawkinson back in there. The matchup's good. The matchup is good. So maybe he comes back into our lives. He, He obviously killed it in week one against that Cardinals defense that gives up a ton uh, of points to tight ends, So I think this week, maybe that the situation is right for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I threw Trey Burton in there as well. Uh, I know that you know, Minnesota, obviously they have a very good defense, but they can give up points to tight ends. And we saw on Monday night uh, that, that Trubisky is not afraid to target Trey Burton. So maybe he's starting to kind of get things going a little bit. Uh, defense, the Chargers...
3: Yeah, Uh, everyone's on them. Everyone's on the
2: Chargers this week. The the Tennessee Titans, I think, are another one. Uh, The Titans, their defense has an extra burden on it because their offense just can't move the football, at least with Marcus Mariota back there. So maybe the Titans are one. How about
3: the Steelers this week?
2: (sighs) I want to get on the Steelers against the Bengals. I do. I think game.
1: I think that's one that there could be a lot of potential I, fantasy points. There. Yeah, I've got two fun lower end ones that are definitely probably available. Let me see. League. Let me see
3: if one of them is what I'm thinking.
1: Colts defense. Okay, I have them in Stardom and, start them, and set them. Yep, against the Raiders. Then, the Raiders have given up like uh, seven sacks back to back games, and I kind of like the Falcons.
3: That's dude. Those yes. are my
1: two. <laughs> dude, yes, those are my two. I kind of like the Falcons. Marcus right. Mariota keeps getting sacked. He keeps holding the ball
2: way too. Fast. He holds on. Yep the ball a long yeah. time yeah. you know I you know, just as an aside i just wondered Mar- marcus Mariota was he's become such a different quarterback in the nfl than he was in college i Very mean nice. so much yeah. so much oh. of what he did in college was designed runs and, and you're know, trying to get him out of the pocket and i feel like he's come to the nfl and wants to prove to everybody yeah. that he can be this pocket passer and i'm like dude just be who you were man well the pocket passer version of marcus Mariota is not good not, no nope. nope. Be the guy that won a Heisman Trophy, man. Like, go back to being that dude. And I think every like, man, just just be who you are. Like, I want you know. I wonder
1: with kind of some of these smaller guys like Mariota and Kyler Murray to a much bigger extent is like, they these are not very large human beings playing okay. in the quarterback position. I wouldn't want to get hit very much either by yeah. these humongous safeties and linebackers. I understand I'm that. just like I'm just also being honest. I, like, no, no, no. I I,
2: I completely I, understand that. I think though, but I think that's where you, you look at a guy like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like I, I said during Colin Kaepernick's day, because that, that, he took a lot of shots, yes. too, as a runner quarterback. Yes. And I said, as a 49er fan, that I would take Colin Kaepernick Sit him down in a chair, Clockwork Orange style, and just make him watch Russell Wilson tape for like 24 (laughs) hours, right? And that's what I would do for like Kyler Murray and Marcus Mariota,
1: like, because Russ runs, but he's also smart enough to either get out of bounds or get down quickly and and avoid a lot of those hits. Lamar Jackson put on some weight in his upper body this offseason. He's another very smart runner. He's Mm -hmm. Uh, well, he's also extremely fast, and he can get around people and (laughs) sidelines much faster than than pretty much anybody else on the football field can. But yeah yeah just you know there, there
2: are examples of how to do it right um you know i don't know i would just i would just try to train guys like
3: that so there you go uh
2: i don't know did we miss anything i feel like we uh we kind of covered it this week i think we're i think
3: we're all good to go so there you go i think we got it all i it's, think we got it all
1: kind of a bad slate honestly there's not a ton of great matchups like it's no. just kind of a it's not like there's a bunch of bad matchups either it's just kind of a middling slate we got of, two two teams on by right kind uh kind of which, dealing with a
3: Although it's nice to not have to deal with that damn backfield in San Francisco for True. a week. Well,
1: it's, but it's going to get worse because Tevin Coleman may be right. back yeah. in week five. Tevin <laughs> so, so, Coleman will most likely be back. Right. In week
2: five. So, I mean, like this week, it's fine. We have two buys. It's it's buys with teams that don't necessarily have a huge impact on a lot of fantasy rosters. A couple guys missing here or there. Uh, hey, by the way, I looked at next week's buys. It's uh, Lions and Dolphins. So again, uh, we won't be missing a ton of fantasy relevant players next week. Uh, we get to week. I'm like looking for these buys. Yeah, I don't know. I think we go a while before we have, like, bipocalypse. So at least mm-hmm. that's, that's something to, to be excited about. So there you go. That's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading, as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you say gullible really slowly, it sounds like oranges. See you on Monday.